from Health 2023 in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the MMM Podcast. Hi, I'm Lesha Bouchak, senior reporter at MMM, and I'm here at the Health 2023 conference in Las Vegas. I'm joined on the podcast by Todd Heim, director of the Office of Strategic Extramural Programs at the National Institute on Aging. Todd leads training, career development, and small business research programs at the NAA, and he's here with me today to discuss the NAA's work on behalf of older Americans and what we might expect from the impending silver tsunami, as well as the NAA Startup Challenge and Accelerator. Welcome to the podcast, Todd. Thank you so much. So to start, tell me about your health experience so far and what it's been like being here. It's really been great to connect to all the other players in the ecosystem. Such a great opportunity to bring everybody together so we can think about what are the challenges we're going to face with the silver tsunami. How can we address the needs health-wise of older adults and have those meetings and have those discussions in a meaningful way? And, you know, you mentioned the silver tsunami. Um, Obviously, we know that the boomer population, you know, this aging, there's going to be a lot of aging people in America in the coming years. Can you dig into that a little bit more and explain exactly what it is and what sort of the impact of that on the healthcare system would be? Sure. You know, there's lots of data that shows that the number of older adults in the, in the U.S. and globally is rising at a significant rate. I think we also have to remember that when we define older adults, we're not talking about a homogeneous population. So I think it's important when we think about, you know, what is the future of our aging population? We're talking about people of different age ranges. You know, someone that is 65, 70 will have different health needs than someone that is 85, 90, 95. We're thinking about people from different backgrounds, a different access to healthcare. So I think when we think about how do we really, as a country, address the needs of older adults, we need to think about it in that heterogeneous way and being able to have different solutions for those different parts of the population. Right. And can you talk a little bit about what some of the solutions you're finding at the NAA and what sort of the work you're doing around this issue? Sure. So we've funded a lot in uh, technology for uh, aging and longevity. So if you think about things like fall detection, for example, we were walking by and we saw the Best Buy Health booth and they have a, a fall detection pendant alert system that they now call Lively. Well, actually, the part of the original sensors that are in Lively come from a company called Biosensors. Those sensors were developed from NIA small business funding to Biosensics, was then licensed out to Best Buy, and now it's actually benefiting older adults. There's lots of other examples like that. If you think about the care coordination space, um, if you think about remote monitoring, where we have companies that are working on addressing social isolation for older adults. So all these different things are actually getting commercialized and helping older adults live healthier and improving care, which is a big part of what we think about. Right, and you mentioned the you know the small business investments, and that's a big part of what the NA is doing with the Startup Challenge and Accelerator, and a big core reason why you're here at Health. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, I'd love to. So about last year, we started the NIA Startup Challenge and Accelerator. And the goal of the Startup Challenge and Accelerator was to really identify a combination of two things. Great innovative technologies that really can help improve the health of older adults, matched with founders developing those technologies that may not have experience in entrepreneurship. So when we have our small business funding, 
a lot of times in order to be competitive for that funding, there's certain things that you'll have to know, like how do you develop that value proposition? You know, how do you really explain the competitive advantage of your technology? If you're a first-time entrepreneur, you may not have all that ready. You might not have the mentors that you need to help you with that. So what we thought about is can we put together a program that will provide that education to help explain you know, these different elements of entrepreneurship. So maybe someone that didn't go to entrepreneurial business school can still come in and help older adults live healthier, better lives. Um, and then also as part of that, connect them to networks, expand their networks, connect them to mentors that can provide that expertise. Um, and then at the end, we actually provide Last year five, this year six of them will receive a $60,000 cash prize each. And the hope of the cash prize is that will help them collect some more preliminary data so that they can then be competitive for NIA small business funding, which is through the form of SBIR and STTR non-dilutive grants. Great. Obviously, there's a ton of health startups here and a lot of entre entrepreneurs here at the conference. What are you hoping to, like, connections you're hoping to make, or what are you hoping to kind of um, find while you're here that will sort of be involved with that whole initiative? Sure, yeah. So what, what we did with that initiative, it's, as I said, it's a five-month accelerator, entirely virtual with the exception of one thing, which is a three-day in-person entrepreneurial boot camp. This year, we actually partnered with Health and the Science Center, which is an organization that does entrepreneurial training programs. Um, and we asked them to actually develop this three-day boot camp co-located with Health the three days before Health. So Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, the 20 finalists in our Startup Challenge and Accelerator were all going through this three-day boot camp. The learnings have been tremendous. If you talk to the companies, you'll hear that they now understand so much better how they should have those initial conversations with investors. You know, how does seed financing work? There's so many little elements that if you haven't been in the field, you don't know. So providing that base education, and then the one thing that I'll tell you we love to see the most is how they connect with each other. At the end of the day, they actually become each other's best network. So having that environment that they can spend together. When that three-day boot camp was over, we moved into health. What we did is we created a pavilion on the health floor for the NIA Startup Challenge. So each one of those 20 companies now has a kiosk that they can go and meet with investors, they can meet with potential partners, um, including each other. Um, so one of the goals of our conference is really to, you know, be at that pavilion, um, to work with those startups, give them that exposure, help build the networks. At the same time, we're at that pavilion to meet other companies that are interested in small business funding. So we've, I can tell you, I've already talked to at least 15 companies about potential applications for NIA small business funding programs. Um, been incredibly you know, successful and this is a great place to find so many startups that are in the mission space that we work on, that we can have those active conversations about what we look for and you know how to secure that type of funding. Right, so part of the you know reason for being here is also just getting the word out and making sure people are aware of the, the challenge and the accelerator so that you know they can be a part of it someday. And you mentioned you know the ultimate goal is to foster these mentorships and connections and um, for people to sort of you know dive into this this pathway. 
um, ultimately to create solutions for um, you know the silver tsunami, as you mentioned. And you, you touched on a couple earlier. You mentioned the isolation issue. Um, what are some other uh, solutions that you you see sort of or hope to see sort of come to fruition that would address this issue? Yeah. So. I mentioned earlier kind of the heterogeneous needs of older adults, and I think it's important to kind of look at the other side of that, which in order to meet such a diverse set of needs, we need a diverse set of perspectives. So there's no one solution. There's no one type of innovator that's going to be able to solve this problem. So when we thought about the startup challenge, we thought about how can we really get the 20 best, you know, pre-SBIR, pre-small business funding solutions. Um, but in doing that, make sure that we have that diverse set of perspectives. In last year's cohort, as, as an example, we had two dentists. We had an accountant that was doing fraud prevention for older adults. Um, two dental solutions for older adults. This year we have someone coming from the banking sector with AI expertise. So, and so many others. We have several nurses in this year's cohort. Some in the rehabilitation space. One company developing a, a rehab mobility device. It doesn't need a battery. It's more portable, more accessible for older adults. We have companies that are using AI to have, you know, better EHR data and insights for older adults. We have so many companies in the care coordination space this year. So really there's so many different, but we can't just look at a single solution. It's going to take such a multitude of ideas and perspectives to get us where we need to go. Right, so more of a holistic approach to kind of as sure. a solution. And you mentioned, you know, the importance of diversity and sort of diverse broad of uh, perspectives here. Um, how is aging a DE&I issue, would you say? Yeah, so I think in so many ways, uh, one, there is the diversity of the aging population. And that's an important thing to keep in mind. It is not a single type. Of, and they each have different different medical needs, also different healthcare experiences. And they trust healthcare in different ways. And they access healthcare in different ways. Um, so if we think about longevity, we have to think about how can we build things that each of these different types of populations will be able to access and, and will be comfortable for them to access. So that's, I think, one way we see is DIA issue. The other is on the workforce side. You know, a lot of our workforce in the aging sector, we think a lot of our caregivers, our paid caregivers, all underrepresented minorities themselves. So we need to think about that population. Now we're making sure that they get the right, you know, access and are able to succeed themselves as well and help improve our overall care system. So there's so many different pieces of DIA that are just kind of embedded into this ecosystem that we now found find ourselves in. Absolutely. And, you know, since we're live here at Health, um, you know, you mentioned a few of the things that you'll be doing here, but if you were to distill into maybe three things that you're planning on doing while you're here at the conference for the next few days, what would those main three things be? So one is to continue to work with our startup challenge companies provide them with that expertise. One of the things I'll tell you I loved over the past day is I had an investor in the aging ecosystem come by and she knew from last year about the startup challenge. She asked about this year. And she actually came and she spent, 
you know, 15 minutes with several other companies. And I got to see those meetings and she would ask them questions. And the answers that they were able to give, they wouldn't be able to give that before the three-day boot camp. So watching that growth, so one thing I just love seeing and watching and being a part of that growth. And our team has been such a big part of really helping them. We have a great team here at NIA to be able to do that. So that's one. I think two is continuing to connect with potential applicants, um, making sure that they know how the program works. And then I think the third is just being a part of that ecosystem. You know, making sure the other players in the aging space that we don't want to repeat or overlap with anyone, but we're really working together to make sure that we're each doing things in a complementary way so the ecosystem can elevate as a whole. Wonderful. And before we let you go, you know, beyond the health conference, we've been sort of asking everyone at the end of our uh, podcast interviews, what's your favorite part of being in Las Vegas? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Um, I think the energy, you know, really, and, and when we think about it in this room, when we think about it outside, you go in the street, it's nonstop energy. And we're going to need nonstop energy to solve the problems that we have in the future. So really, I love that match of the energy outside to the energy in the room. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Todd, and enjoy the rest of your time at Health. Todd Heim, Director of the Office of Strategic Extramural Programs at the National Institute on Aging. This is Lesha Bushak for the MMNM Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Take care.